Welcome to Threshold Church. Today's message is from Pastor Jake Kale. I want to pray as we uh, dive into the Word. And I really have a really short message tonight, so it kind of works out. Um, I was really just, literally, I was just planning for it to be a pretty short exhortation that was going to lead us into a, more, a time of intercession. I know we already did some of that intercession, but uh, we'll probably do a little bit more. We're in this period of fasting that Laura talked about. It's a, just a 21-day season, a period of prayer and fasting. That's something we do every year at the beginning of the year. We normally take a 21-day time of prayer and fasting. And then it's not too uncommon that throughout the year, one other time, sometimes it's summer, sometimes it's fall, we just try to be led by the Holy Spirit. We have another time. And so we're in one of those other times that happened pretty spontaneously. Just a couple weeks ago, we were just sensing to uh, respond to some of the messages that were coming forth about uh, my wife Anna gave a message on preparing for the day of battle and just the significance of this month. And uh, just, uh, yeah, for, for different reasons, we really sensed it was a good time to do a uh, period of prayer and fasting. It's always a good time to pray and fast. But sometimes in the scripture, we can see that, that God's people will be called on a corporate level to fast united. You can think of different examples. One is the book of Esther. It's an example where, he, where they called a fast. There's other times where they call a corporate united fast. And so we're in one of those times. So I just wanted to give a quick message to really speak into that. And uh, it's going to springboard us into some time of intercession. So uh, if, you, if you have a Bible, open to Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to pray. Ask for the Holy Spirit to lead this time. And maximize it for his purposes. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your presence in our midst. God, we just continue to honor you and look to you and worship you, God. You're the one true living God. We thank you for your word and we thank you for your spirit, God. And I ask for your spirit to just breathe on this time. I ask for your spirit to lead this time. God, that you would use your word to do the work that you want it to do, to accomplish your purpose. God, I thank you that you're calling us in this time to be an army. God, I thank you that you're calling us in this time to arise. I thank you that you're calling us in this time, God, to, uh, to be strengthened. Lord, I just pray a strengthening over your people tonight. God, I pray that tonight your people would be strengthened. I pray that they'd be refreshed. I pray that, Lord, every person in this room, Lord, that we would be empowered to continue in the things that you're calling us to, God. I thank you for the privilege of being alive in this time, God. I thank you, Lord, for the hour that we live in, God, and I thank you that you are with us. You are the Lord of hosts. We thank you, Jesus, that you are victorious. We thank you that we don't fight for victory, God. We fight from victory. We thank you, Lord, that your kingdom continues to advance and that of the increase of your kingdom, there is no end. We thank you, Jesus, that you are Lord. We declare that you are Lord, Jesus. And so we just give you this time. Open up our hearts to your word. Open up our ears and our eyes. And use this time, God, for what you want to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 8. If you had signed up for the... Um, if you have signed up for the fast, you, 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 you should have gotten an email sometime this past week, I think on Wednesday. It had a list of scriptures. This is one of the scriptures that was on there. Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 8. Now, just to give a quick bit of context, uh, the Apostle Paul's writing here, obviously, to the church in Ephesus. And 
right before that, in verse 1, he's talking about how to live as children of God. He says that we should be imitators of God in verse 1. He says that we should walk in love. And then he goes through a bunch of things that that means. He talks about walking in holiness and in purity, not in uncleanness, not in immorality, not in this and that. And then he, and then he gets to this part in verse 8. He says, you were once darkness. Notice it's past tense. You were once. You used to. You used to be in darkness. You used to belong to the darkness. Do you understand that before we are in Christ, we are in the kingdom of darkness? Right? That we are actually, we actually belong to the devil. Whether or not we've actually officially or willfully, but we, because of our sin, because of our rebellion, because of the way we've walked, right? The devil has a grip on our lives. And that in Christ, the Bible says we're redeemed by his blood. That means we're purchased. That he purchased us. He says, you were once darkness. You are now light in the Lord. He's talking to you and me. He's talking to believers. He's saying, you used to be darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, in him. Walk as children of light. Then he says, put it into practice. He says, basically, be who you are. Be who you are. First he speaks to identity, then he speaks to action. Because action comes out of identity. We act a certain way because of our identity. And so he's saying, you used to be this, now you're this, so now be this. Because that's actually who you are. So he says, walk as children of light. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. That's what comes from the Holy Spirit in us. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. He says, don't have any participation with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. What does light do? Light exposes. Light exposes, right? What, because if you're in a room that's dark, you can't see what's in the room. You can't see what's there. You turn the light switch on, it exposes, it reveals what is there. Have no participation with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. All things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead. Christ will give you light. See that you walk circumspectly. That means carefully, intentionally. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now we're in this time of fasting, we're in this time of prayer, and as we were, as a staff, our staff was uh, praying, we always pray every week together, and we were seeking the Lord, and we were discussing this concept of doing a fast, and um, it, was, it was Chad that really, um, the Lord gave this theme to, which was arise, and he got these three words, it was awake, arise, and alert. And it's, just, it's uh, giving us something to focus on and to pray into and to intercede for 
in this time of fasting. Awake, arise, and alert. And I just love how in this passage, it says, awake, you who sleep, arise. Now, Chad wasn't reading this passage or wasn't even thinking about this passage, but just, I love how it fits. And then Christ will give you light. And then talks about walking alert, walking circumspectly, walking carefully. We are in a season, I've said this before. In fact, I said it at the beginning of 2019 that we're in a season of exposure. And many of you who are here remember me saying that. I've said it again. And I, it's, it's continuing. A season of exposure is not a fun season, but it's a necessary season. It's a season where things done in secret. Look, it says it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Things that are done behind closed doors. Things that are done that nobody else knows about. Things that are done in darkness. Deeds done in darkness. And a season of exposure is necessary so that God can bring cleansing to his house. And we've been in this season and it, it has to start at the house of God. The Bible says judgment starts at the house of God. I want you to see what this, this look, at, look at from a bird's eye view. The last 2019, there was a major exposures that happened in the church. If you were paying attention and it's continued into this year. There were major exposures of different scandals, of sexual abuse, of leaders that, that were living a double life, that were living deceptive lifestyles, whether it was uh, sexual sin or financial, immorality, different things like that, greed, and things were being exposed in the house of God. And it's, gonna, it's continuing throughout this year. But I've noticed that it's starting to spill over into other areas this year. Have you noticed? It's starting to spill over into entertainment realm, government realm, political realm. There's, there, there, there's, because judgment starts at the house of God. The judgment's not a bad word. We have done such a disservice in the American church by, by having an aversion to the concept of God's judgment. We've seen the judgment of God as a, as a negative thing, so much so that we feel the need to apologize for it. Not we like here, but just we, just collective, the collective body of Christ. We almost feel this need to like apologize for different passages where, where you know, God speaks of his judgment or, or where God comes with a strong message or a warning. And you have whole you know, movements and segments in the body of Christ that have denied that, that any of that even happens today. And they'll say, well, that was just the Old Testament. That was just back then. That was just, we need God's judgment because God's judgment makes things right. God's judgment is him looking and saying, no, this cannot happen anymore. It's him looking and saying, no, this is not right. It's making crooked things straight. That's what God's judgment does. Our aversion to the judgment of God is one of the greatest hindrances to the harvest. Because the harvest won't come until there's a judgment and cleansing of the house. Where do we think all these people are going to come into? We, we want a billion soul harvest when the barns aren't ready. What, what church are they going to enter into where there's so much dysfunction and darkness and immorality and deception and greed? We want the harvest, but we have to have a cleansing. And we are in that time right now. Do you understand that? We are in a time of cleansing. 
And it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a fun thing. A season of exposure is never a fun thing. A season of judgment is never a fun thing. But it's a necessary. Because God is jealous for his house. And God is jealous for his people. And God is jealous for his word. And God is jealous for a bride that is without spot or wrinkle. And he will have that. So he's calling us, this is Paul writing this, he's calling us to walk as children of light. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We're in a, a, a month that is, celebrates darkness. We're in a month that celebrates it. And so many of the people of God just are blind to it or just go along with it or just celebrate along with it. I can't do that. Oh boy. People wonder why, you know, why, why do you have strong convictions about Halloween? Why do you, why do you, is it okay if I talk about this? You okay? Oh boy. Oh, I started. I can't go back now. Peter, back me up, brother. You got me? Okay. <laughs> you know, we've had a bad habit in the church of calling things legalistic when we don't want to live up to God's standard. When, when the scripture calls us to be separate from the world, when the scripture calls us to put down idols, when the scripture calls us to put away things that are dark, when the scripture calls us to not walk in darkness, have no fellowship, no participation with darkness. Now, why would I want to participate in an event that celebrates death, witchcraft, and fear? Is that what Halloween's about? Is that what? Pretty much, right? Pretty much. That about sums it up. It's a celebration of death. So listen, regardless of the roots of it, the history of it, you know, you can, you can look at all that kind of stuff. For me, it's just a matter of what it's celebrating. I'm not going to celebrate death. I'm not going to celebrate fear. I'm not going to celebrate witchcraft. So we're going to have a deliverance service that night. We're going to cast out demons. But people think you're legalistic. People say, oh, he's being religious. He's being legalistic. It's not out of legalism. It's out of love. Same thing with, your, and with our entertainment. The things that we allow into our eyes and our ears, the music we listen to. We, we, we have to get over this fear of being religious. This fear. Maybe, maybe we came out of legalism. Maybe we came out of such a religious bondage that, that, we, that we don't want to go back there. But listen, we have to walk in the word. No fellowship, no participation. The church is neutralized by participating with the world. It neutralizes the power of the church because we're supposed to be light. But if, we're, if, we, if we get married to the world, we, it dilutes it. We get gray. 
We mix light and darkness and it gets gray. Now we're no longer shining as a light like Lauren read from Isaiah 60 where it said, arise and shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord is seen upon you because there's no distinction, there's no separation between the two. There's nothing that can separate and say, wow, there's a light right there and I'm drawn to that because we're so afraid of what people think. We're so afraid of appearing a certain way. We're so afraid of being called old school or outdated or I don't care what they call me or you. What's the difference? I am not preaching my notes at all. This, This is seriously, this is just coming out of me. So Instead of diluting, so when we mix with the world, we get diluted and we get powerless. And then the world has nothing to be drawn to. It's just in an effort to appeal to the world, we lose our power. Instead of just being who God calls us to be and preaching his gospel and being loving and caring and all those things and then just letting the Holy Spirit do the work to draw people, we've done, we, we, try to, we, have, we think we have to appeal to everybody. We have to appeal to the world. And then we lose our power. We've tried so hard to be relevant, we've become powerless. And a powerless church is never relevant. So we're in this time, awake, arise, alert, three key words. Did you, did you know it's possible to be alive but not awake? Obviously, and just think in the natural, right? And, we, and that's a good, we need to sleep, right? In the natural, we need sleep. But you can be, you're perfectly alive, but you're sleeping. You're not aware of anything going on around you. You're dreaming, you're out, you're out, Right? It's so, but, but you can apply that spiritually. It's possible to be alive, but not awake. It's possible to be awake, but not alert. Think about it in the natural. You can be awake, but not aware of your surroundings, not alert, not paying attention. There are certain situations that require you to be more alert. Just think about when you're driving. Now, when you're driving, you should always be alert. You should always be paying attention. But aren't there some times, like let's say you're driving and it's like pouring down rain and your, your windshield wipers are going back and forth. It's raining, it's windy. Aren't you a little bit more alert in that situation? Or maybe you're going somewhere you've never been before. So you really have to pay attention close. Or maybe you're driving through a high traffic zone, you know, one way street, you're driving through the city and you really got to pay attention to the turns and bumper to bumper traffic and people walking on the street, right? You, so there's certain times when you pay attention more than others. And then if you're, you know, maybe a mundane drive, you're going down the road, somewhere you've been a thousand times, yeah, you still pay attention. You should, you should still be alert, but it's a different, isn't it? It's a different sense of alertness. We are in one of those times where the rain's coming down, the windshield wipers are going, and we need to be alert in the spirit. That's, the, that's one of the times that we're in right now. And I believe the Lord revealed something to me a couple weeks ago that one of the biggest schemes of the enemy right now is to simply wear out the people of God. Simply just to wear out God's people. 
And the Lord took me to Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. I want to read it real quick. This is speaking, speaking of a vision that Daniel was having, and he's having this, uh, yeah, this intense vision, and really it's kind of like an end-time type vision, and he's seeing this antichrist figure, and he says this about uh, this antichrist figure, Daniel 7.25, he shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints. Now, in the New King James, it says, shall persecute, shall persecute the saints. That word in the Hebrew, I looked it up in the Hebrew and I'm, I was reading it from the ESV. It means to wear out. It literally means just to wear out, to wear down. He'll speak words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints of the Most High, shall think to change the times and the law, etc. Wearing people down, making you tired, making you weary. The last seven months, we've experienced this. The last seven months, there's been a wearing down, a wearing out. I've talked to people, I've, I've experienced it myself, where you feel like just, you know, it's like if you're on the beach and you're, 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 you're going into the waves. It's, it's one thing if there's one wave that just, you know, kind of knocks you, but when it's like one wave after the night, you're just coming up for air and another wave comes. You're just coming up for air, you get knocked down again. You're just, that's what the last seven months has been like for many people. The foundations have been shaken. It's been a destabilizing time. Destabilizing time. It's been a polarizing time. It's been a time of heightened emotions and offenses and just all these things that that are going on. It's been a time where we're exposed to stuff through media and social media and just constant barrage of of information and misinformation and what to believe and what not to believe and all just bombarded by stuff. Our our, our daily routines are wiped out. I mean, imagine if you, um, you know, we're a, a teacher at a school. Some of you are teachers at schools or administrator at schools or leading a business. Or, I mean, just no matter what you're doing, everything got rocked, everything got shaken. It's been polarizing. It's been traumatizing. Now, again, I've talked to different people in different scenarios, different walks of life. Some working in hospitals, some... I've talked to pastors, other church leaders. I read an article that said five reasons why your pastor is about to quit. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm not about to quit. Your pastor is not about to quit. But that's what the article is about. He was saying that it was saying that pastors are dropping out by the droves. Their churches aren't going to make it. They've been, and it gave these different reasons of why. It's a time of shaking. It's a time of cleansing. It's a time of purifying. I was talking to Kevin Eshelman a few weeks ago. He's on our oversight team. He pastors ECC. And we're just comparing. We're comparing notes and uh, comparing scars and wounds and <laughs> uh, through the battle of the last, you know, seven months. And he said, you know, it says in Ephesians 6 that when you've done all to stand. And he said, sometimes victory just means you're still standing. Sometimes, I want to I free some of you 
just to, to, to receive that word, that sometimes the victory is not even that you move forward or advance, but sometimes the victory is just that you are still standing. You're still standing. The enemy couldn't take you out. He won't take you out. You're still standing. You're still standing on God's word. You might be shaking. You might be fearful. You might not know what's going to happen. You might be confused, but you are still standing. And that is victory for many of you, even in this season. When, when you've done everything else, having done all, stand. Stand firm. Some of us just need to be reminded it's okay if we're, we are just standing firm. Standing firm. And so this season has been draining. It's caused the, this effect of the wearing out of the saints. Don't let the enemy do this. Don't let the, this, is his, this is a plot. This is a plan. The Bible says to be alert. Be sober, be vigilant, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be vigilant, be sober. Your enemy, the devil, roams around like a, look, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And this is one of the ways he is seeking to, into our lives, is just for us to give up. To say, what's the point? This is, this is getting too much. One too many waves. I can't stand up again. This is just too much going on. It's too confusing. It's So in the midst of this time, this 21-day time of prayer and of fasting, I want to encourage you. I believe that even today, part of what God wants to do is refresh people that feel weary. Some of us just need a refreshing. Some of us just need to be strengthened. Some of us just need to be encouraged because I know it can feel daunting because here we are, right? It's like you've run a marathon and you're tired and you're drained and then... Anna Kale preaches a word that says, get ready for battle, here we go. <laughs> she prayed for rest too. <laughs> and maybe you're like, oh, you know, I feel, I feel tired already. And now here our church is doing this fast and, you know, we're, it's time for battle. And, and here's the thing. God knows where each one of us are at, and he's only asking us to do whatever it is he's calling you to do. There's always grace to obey him. There's always grace in obedience. And yes, and this is a time of war, so it's not time to put down the sword. It's time to take up the sword. But I believe there's going to be moments, and I believe tonight's going to be one of those moments, where there's a refreshing that comes to give you strength for the battle to give you strength for what you need, to give you strength to keep standing, to give you strength to take the next step, to give you strength to pray the next prayer, to give you strength to wake up in the morning, tomorrow morning. I've, I have felt the wearing, I have felt the attempt of the enemy of the wearing down. I have, I've experienced it. I've, I've felt the, the attempt to bring the drain and the pull and the tiring out and the wearing down and the wave coming and the other wave coming. And but there's grace. God gives grace. God gives grace. God releases strength. As you wait upon the Lord, the Bible says you will renew your strength. And even over this period of, three, of this three-week fast, for, for some of you, there might be times of warring, and for some of you, there might be times of waiting. And you might war at times and wait at times. 
You might spend time quietly waiting on the Lord, receiving strength, and then you might spend time warring in the Spirit, speaking God's word, interceding, declaring, and you might, it might be a combination of the two. Because we need both. We need to receive that grace. We need to receive that strength. I want to finish by just reading Romans 13, 11 through 14. Then we're going to have some prayer time. I told you I was going to be short. I'm keeping my word here. Isn't that short for me? For me, for you. Fifteen more minutes before it's still short. See, I, oh wow, see that going really short. Romans thirteen eleven through fourteen. This is the same theme of coming out of darkness and living in the light. Romans thirteen verse eleven. And do this, knowing the time, knowing the time. Remember from Ephesians 5, it said, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Making the most of every day, making the most of the time. This means to redeem the time, buy back the time, take back the time because we're in evil days. Do this knowing the time. It is now high time to awake out of sleep. He says it's high time to wake up. To wake out of sleep. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. I want to prophesy this. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, now here's the action part that we do. Therefore, cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Do you know that you can wear armor of light? You know, God's given us armor. We all know, we, we know about the armor of God. Obviously, we, we heard that passage many times, Ephesians 6. It's an armor of light. What does light do? Exposes darkness and it pushes back darkness. So the devil doesn't like when we, when we wear the armor of light. I've had people tell me that they didn't like me and then they got delivered, then they liked me. <laughs> it's part of the price, I guess, of having an anointing for deliverance. You guys... When you carry that, you, you, every single one of you carries that anointing, that armor of light. You can walk in the armor of light. Put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. When it comes to the armor of God, that's really, that kind of boils it down. You're putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is our righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. He's the author and finisher of our faith, the shield of faith. 
He's the living word of God, the sword of the spirit. He is our Lord, our salvation, the helmet of salvation. That's literally what it means. So when we put on the armor of God, we are clothing ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ by abiding in him, by abiding in his word, by spending time with him, by walking in faith and believing and receiving what it says about uh, what he's done for us. We are receiving his righteousness in place of our sin. We're receiving that shield of faith. We're receiving that salvation. And when we do that, we're walking in light and the armor of light's on us. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Chad, would you mind coming up and getting on the keyboard? I think this is going to, this time's going to go a little, bit in a, a little bit of a different direction than I first thought as I was preparing. I was thinking that we were going to go into war mode first, but I think we're going to actually, I believe God wants to strengthen. I believe God wants to restore. I believe God wants to refresh. Um, yeah, Father, we just come right now in the name of Jesus. God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to continue to move through this room. And in our hearts, we welcome you, Spirit of the living God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, for grace. We thank you for grace, God. We thank you for grace to stand. We thank you for grace, God, to having done all but to stand. Holy Spirit, lead this time, lead this time, lead this time. Lead us right now, God. Meet with us right now. How many, how many people would just can really relate to that whole, that wearing out, the wearing out of the saints? Could you raise your hands? How many people, pretty much the whole room almost? Many people, I can, I can, I can relate, I can definitely relate. I want us to begin to pray for each other. I want us to begin to pray for each other. Hold your hand up again if that's you. Hold your hand up again. I don't know if there's enough people to pray for everybody. So maybe just turn to your, let's just, let's just begin to pray for each other. Begin to pray for each other. There's gonna be a strengthening today. You are gonna be strengthened today in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is gonna give you strength today. The Word of God is gonna give you strength today. There's going to be strength today for the battle, today, in Jesus' name. Just begin to pray right now for your neighbor. Begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to pray. Don't be shy, don't be worried about praying out loud, it's okay. You don't have to be self-conscious, you don't have to say all the right words. Just begin to pray out for your neighbor. God, we ask for strengthening. God, I ask for a strengthening, God. God, I ask, Lord, for rivers of living water, God, to refresh our souls tonight, God. Lord, where we felt weary, where we felt tired, where we felt drained, where we felt the effects, Lord, of being worn out, Lord. Let's just take these next few minutes, just begin to pray, just continue to pray for each other. Thank you, God.
Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just keep praying. I'm just gonna pray over you too. God, I pray, let the wind of your spirit, Lord, let the, let the wind, let a fresh wind right now. Let there be a fresh wind in the sails, God. Let there be a fresh wind, God, of refreshing right now. Let there be a fresh strengthening of your spirit, God. God, we take shelter in you. We take shelter in you. We take refuge in you. hit on here. There's, there's a few other areas of prayer and intercession I want to hit on here. I hope you're being refreshed. I hope you're being strengthened. I know you are. Just as we were reading that uh, Ephesians 5 verse about light, this is one of the prayer points that we put for the fast. Um, two points here. For every scheme and assignment of the enemy to be exposed and canceled, for light to shine in dark places, corruption to be exposed, and justice to come. I want us to pray for those points as well. So let's just, let's just continue to gather in groups. If, you, um, if you're leading one of our prayer meetings, would you raise your hand? If you're one of our prayer meeting leaders, if you're one of our prayer meeting leaders, raise your hand. Let's just, let's gather together with, uh, find somebody that has a hand up. Let's gather together um, just so these leaders can lead these groups. And let's just take the next, we'll take five or 10 more minutes of, uh, of intercession, then we'll, then we'll be dismissed. So you can use those prayer points as a springboard, but then just be led by the Holy Spirit for every scheme and assignment of the enemy to be exposed and canceled, for light to shine in dark places, corruption to be exposed and justice to come. All right? Let's just begin to lift up our voices in prayer. Scripture says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. We're very comfortable praying in this church. We're just very comfortable praying out loud. If that's new for you, that's okay. Just get your feet wet. Just step in and begin to pray out. Thank you, Jesus. Prayer leaders can just begin to lead out. Everyone else can just join in. Thank you.
Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Don't be shy. This is the sound of the church that's awake. This is the sound of a church that's alive. We're not here just to listen. We're not here just to be spectators. We're here to participate. We're here to be active. God, we lift up our prayers to you. We lift up our prayers to you. God, we call upon you, the living God. You're the God who hears prayer. You're the God who hears prayer. We thank you, God. Keep praying. 